Hi, everyone. It is Tom Panos, John McGrath, and we have got another episode of Million Dollar Agent. You get one dropped every week, making sure that you're listening on any other podcast channel you choose to have it. Johnny, how are you going? Hey, Tommy. Good, good, good. Looking forward to today's topic. It's an interesting one. It is an interesting one because as I'm talking to you, sitting in my car recording this podcast, I actually am looking up into the sky and I do see a plane <laughs> flying over the top, which is what our topic's about, and that is, are you a runway agent? Because, John, one of the things that I uh, spoke about at your kickstart is I was doing a bit of analysis of, you know, and, I, and, and you'd ask me, what do you think you're going to talk about? And I thought, you know, it'd be easy just to go over all these videos that I've done over the years since 2004 and just find out, you know, why is it some guys and girls were doing 50 to 100 sales? And why is it sometimes they're very familiar faces, John. You see the same people over and over again. Often they're at the training courses. You know, often, you know, you've got a great relationship with them, but they never, ever get off the runway. And that term is a really good way to describe how many agents in Australia and New Zealand sit on a runway. They never get the momentum and often they'll spend years and years there. And I'd love it because you've got one of the best psychological brains on working out why does why does it happen? Why do people that have the right intention stay on the runway and never take off? Yeah, I think it's a really interesting topic, Tom, and I've had some have come through our business um, and we haven't been able to turn them around. I've seen a lot, as you have. I've seen people go to the same seminar year in, year out, and, and they're always there and they're doing the right thing, taking notes, but then when they go away, it doesn't seem to happen for them. So good topic. So here's my theory on it, Tommy. I think that um, success is like baking a cake. There's a whole lot of ingredients. That you kind of got to put them in the right order and you've got to bake it for the right amount of time. So there's not just one, two or three things. And I think here's what happens, Tom. Those people get the external and, and almost call it superficial things right. They look good. They got good energy. They kind of seem to, you know, seem to tick the boxes that are the obvious ones. You know, they speak well, all of these things. But beneath the surface, which is where I think a lot of success lies or doesn't lie, is they lack the conviction and the belief. It's what many people call the imposter syndrome. They just don't think, they haven't convinced themselves that they are deserving, worthy of, and capable of success. So whilst, and, and now you imagine that energy being taken into a listing time and time again, you're there and you've got all the nice diagrams and you've got all the, all the right words and you've been to the seminar and you've been to the real estate gym and you're kind of doing that. But if you're lacking that true belief that not only are you capable of doing it, but funny enough, Tom, you're worthy of doing it. A lot of people, you know, they, they got their habits and their thoughts and their ideas when they were somewhere between zero at birth and, you know, six, seven years of age. And, and they're sort of carrying them forward in their life. So I think you've, you've got to, and, and it's all rounded. You've got to do all those things. You do need to be able to present well. You do need to present yourself properly. You do need to speak well, all of those things. But beneath the surface, you have to believe in your ability to do it, number one. Number two is I think fear um, causes a lot of people to stop short of where they have to get to. So again, you know, they've got a great dialogue. They go to the real estate gym. They get all the words right but they don't make the calls they have to make. And then when they get a rejection or two, they take it personally and they stop. I saw a study recently and it said in the States, the USA, they did uh, a study on a huge uh, sales force 
and they found out that most of the business came in the sixth or seven connections or calls with the customer. And yet they also found out in the same research that most salespeople, and it wasn't real estate, but it was a, it was a similar industry, most salespeople stop after the second or third call. So by definition, that shows you the gap, that a lot of people, they get one or two calls. Someone said, no, not for me, thanks, but no thanks. Look, you know, I don't think it's right for me. And they stop and they don't pursue it or, and they don't try and, you know, sort of get it over the line. And yet all the success is on the sixth or seventh call. So I think there's also a fear of failure, a fear of rejection. You combine that with this mooring line called um, feeling that I'm not worthy. And I think that's what happens. That's why some people look really good, play the part, but they just never get traction. So, John, this worthy versus capable, you've got me intrigued because as you were talking, I'm thinking to myself, it can go both ways. Occasionally, occasionally you, 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 you do meet people who think they're worthy but they're not capable. You know, that does happen. But um, a lot of the times, John, you are right. It's like the skill set might be right and everything you know sometimes even genetics are in their favor you get some really you know good looking um agents that have had all the right you know they've had a bit of a birth lottery if you know what i mean um but but this thing about worthiness in your experience have you seen an agent who was a runway agent for a decent period of time shift and actually put it together. And and maybe if you can give me some insights, if you're a person that's listening to this podcast right now that says, you know what, JM's right. Everything's right on the outside. But the truth is, I probably wouldn't even pick me versus my competition at a listing presentation. What do you do to go from worthy to picking yourself, choosing yourself? Well, firstly, Tommy, I think, and hopefully – those people are listening to this and if they've acknowledged it or, or, or sort of feel that that is them, now's the time to do something. So raise the awareness is step number one. Two is then either you can work on it yourself, but you're probably going to be more successful if you actually work on it with someone else. So it'd be really good to get a coach, to get a mentor, to get someone else to actually help you through it. Because the reasons that you think you're not worthy are not real. They're actually not real. Everyone is worthy. Everyone has greatness within. That's my belief and that's been my experience. So you've really just got to um, focus on those things. I'd look for case studies. There are so many people that I've seen over the years that have shifted this and then all of a sudden they just, it's almost like people call it an overnight success. I've seen that where people have been struggling to break through. They've almost given up and then bang, all of a sudden, you know, that something happens and they get a win and they get another win and all of a sudden they say, well, maybe I am capable and it shifts their entire energy. So I think raise the awareness, which hopefully we're doing in this podcast, um, get someone to work with, think about what do you say to yourself? What is the conversation you're saying to yourself that's not working? Um, And, you know, like I said, a lot of people, they didn't have the recognition or the encouragement or the love as, as, as kids or whatever it could be. And, they've ended up, you know, rather than working on themselves, they've ended up carrying that lack of worthiness through their entire life. And some of them are now 30, 40, 50, 60 years of age. So I I think, you know, once you've identified it, you work through it, um, you then look for some baby steps, you know, have someone hold you accountable, have someone encourage you. And I have seen a lot of people turn it around. Tommy, I've got to be honest, I've also seen people not turn it around 
get out of the industry and I'm thinking, and you've seen it as well, I'm thinking what a pity if they'd have just been able to crack that code of feeling worthiness and realising that they do have the ability um, and the capability to do it, they could have been anything. John, um, I remember in two, very early, uh, in 2007, 2008, um, in one of my routine health checkups that I was going to see my doctor, I was sitting there talking to a guy who was extremely fit. He looked like he was a professional football player or something. And then my doctor, Larson, saw, saw me. And when he called me in, he goes, oh, he's, he's a really nice guy you were chatting to. He's been a patient of mine for many years. He goes, he's done, he's done really well. He's been diagnosed with multiple myeloma. And John, and then I said to him, all right. And then, and, and the doctor said, you know, he's been going strong for 12 years. Now, John, I've got to tell you, I wanted to latch on to that guy because I thought to myself, there's a reference point. There's, yes. you know, there's like a case study, right? I was looking at this guy. He looked more like a, a model, a professional. He'd be on the front of, you know, fitness magazines. And he'd been diagnosed 12 years before that with multiple myeloma and had turned his life around by uh, exercise and diet. And I've got to say... That was a turning point for me as well because I actually looked at the guy and I thought, hang on a second, this guy's transformed his mind and his body, and he's going twelve years later. and And I know, John, you know, you've got a you've got a pal that's uh, had multiple myeloma, so you know that it's it's not an easy uh, illness to overcome. Yeah. Um, so yeah, no, no, I agree with you. But I, what I love there, Tom, is that you, you found a role model in a sense, and whether it's in business or health uh, or anything, doesn't really matter. You found a role model who you were able to to follow in their footsteps and that role model either could mentor you and guide you or at least they just showed you that what's possible. Well, John, I think what comes out of it and I is is instantly you've got seeing is believing. You've got evidence that creates belief that you might have had a bigger doubt, a bigger voice inside of your head saying, oh, yeah, but, you know, it's not possible. Oh, look at the stats, uh, what have you. So I think, you know, one of the things that you've said here, I think every real estate agent should look at the concept of time traveling. Find an agent that's getting the results that they want, that they can relate to. It probably doesn't make sense to go, if you're selling real estate in, you know, Mount Druitt to go to, uh, you know, Rose Bay and, you know, sit there. Find an agent that's doing the transaction numbers that you want, working in a marketplace that you can relate to and time travel. So, you know, I'd love to be doing that um, and, 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 and sit there. And, John, my experience, and I'm sure your experience is that, you generally don't sit with an agent and have a cup of coffee or a friendly mentor chat and they say, I'm not going to tell you what I'm doing. Then, you know, norm normally most people are pretty happy to talk about what they do day to day. Yeah, I, I exactly. I, I mean, it's amazing the generosity that so many people in this country and around the world show to others. But it's often because you and I, Tom, people taught us when, when we – we're kind of just starting out and didn't have a clue and people sort of taught us and some of them we paid for to be in the front row. Other people, they just accepted a cup of coffee invite. So, yeah, there's no shortage of mentors if you've got the radar up for them and there's certainly no shortage of case studies and examples of people being able to overcome this this exact situation. Um, I mean, you know, I, I know he won't mind me saying it, but he's a dear friend of your and mine, Jason Boone. Jason came and worked for us three times. He came and went, came and went, came and went, couldn't get traction. Um, and then uh, eventually kind of went and, and sort of uh, worked on himself, which is the key to this all. 
worked on himself and he's now one of the top agents the country's ever seen. Um, yeah. but, but he went through a period where he's, he was really having trouble getting into that momentum phase. But once he got there, my God, he just took off and he's never looked back. Now, John, you you were at the extreme level. You you wanted to you wanted to go mentor and time travel ahead. That you actually got on a plane, went to another country, went and sat through conferences. Yeah. Eric Eric wasn't around uh, when you went over to the states. You went over. You saw a conference. You made a few phone calls. Uh, you rang up. You pushed hard and. You, you, you wanted to replicate what was going on in the USA to Australia. Mm. That was mm. many, many years ago. Um, you know, today that event is spoken about by even people that aren't in real estate. They know that that event's on. Um, so, John, was that an NAR event that you'd hopped on a plane to go to? Um, yeah, look, well, there was two things. NAR was the first event I went to in the States, which is kind of their equivalent of ARIC. Um, and then the other one, then I got invited into the Dr. Fred Gross Mastermind Group, and that was in Chicago, which I used to go to regularly. Um, but, yeah, look, I took a view, Tom, and I still take that. There's always a way. And when there wasn't any training, uh, and there was no internet back in those days, so the best you could do is buy some cassettes, you know, via mail order. So if there was no greatness, you know, in your backyard, you had to go looking for it. So, yeah, I, I got on the plane, I went there and I, and I found it and I used to keep going back and then I was invited to Dr. Fred. So I just take a view that, you know, if it's not there, and the same for someone listening here, they might say, oh, my company doesn't have the sort of training that John's company or someone else's company may not have. Well, that, that doesn't matter. Go and find it. You know, join Real Estate Gym, go to ARIC, um, go to YouTube. There's plenty of things. Some of them cost a little bit of money. Many of them don't cost any money and just go and find what you need to find to achieve the results that you're committed to because you're either committed to results or excuses. One of the two is going to win over. Okay. Small infomercial, but it's not actually an infomercial. It's going to stop people uh, contacting me by SMS and Messenger and what have you. The Eric is having a brochure coming out in the next week or so. Yep. Subject, subject to no COVID outbreak, subject to ensuring that there's no uh, borders closed. ARIC is going to happen. It's on the 30th and the 31st of May. Most of the speakers are going to be there in person. Um, John, I'll be there. You'll be there. I know that there is a lot of energy from the real estate fraternity wanting to have physical and emotional contagion again. They want to be amongst people again. And um, I really think this is going to be a really, really big Eric. And the way Nicola and her team have been able to organise the venue is that uh, we can still do the social distancing and have a massive audience there. Earl yeah. McFirst and Gary V, lots of real estate agents talking about what they're doing from a digital perspective to what they're doing from a prospecting perspective. So can everyone mark their diaries, brochures out in the next week? Yeah, yeah. No, very excited about that, Tom. And as you say, if it's not safe, it won't go on. Um, and uh, so if there's any health concerns that ever, we'll let everybody know. Um, but at this point in time, yeah, everyone is very excited about it. So we look forward to seeing everyone there. Johnny, it has been an absolute pleasure. And if you're a runway agent, the good news is there's enough evidence out there to say you could be actually up in the air. And by the way, John, when you are up in the air, life's easier, isn't it? Because getting up in the air seems to be the bit that's the hardest. When you've got momentum, life seems to flow a little bit easier in all areas. 
yeah, if you put the effort in for a period of time that you get the skills, you get the network, you get the momentum, it gets much easier from there to grow your business to the next level with less stress. So, yeah, check it out. Guys and girls, see you next week. Johnny, catch up with you next week. See you, Tom. Bye-bye.